Um, yeah, welcome to the to the podcast. Uh, too hot with Ed Blaze. Um, today, um, I'm gonna talk about like uh, maybe the bumps of becoming a comedian, and also we're gonna talk about uh, Bill Cosby, my idol, Bill Cosby, and the whole uh, thing going on. Um, where you had even some comedian end up deleting um, him as their influence. Like a lot of comedian, you will see they're like, my my influence is Bill Cosby. <laughs> and you go uh, a day later, be like, my influence is Chris Rock and Louis C.K. Like dropped off the Bill Cosby. But anyway, um, <laughs> so we're going to talk about all that stuff. Um, there's stuff I wanted to talk also about. The first one I wanted to talk about is the is, is becoming a comedian. Um, like um, um, we all we all um, we like we we love comedy. A lot of people, you know, we love comedy. You want to be a comedian, uh, get excited, you know, uh, to get some laugh on stage. Um, but when sometime when you when you're a new comedian, you get in a comedy uh, scene and you start doing this. This uh, like you you excited meeting new friends like new meet new people new friends and funny friends. Um, <clears throat> we all have done this like where like when you starting like becoming a comedian like open mic I would say probably open micer because a comedian is somebody who get paid for the job so for the for studying is the open micer the people who go just practice to see if they 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 be cool with the with the idea of becoming a comedian. So you get in there and you start, you start kind of like almost like the high school. Remember like high school where you end up studying like a group of friends, like you know your friend who you hang out with in a comedy. Like in a comedy, actually, that's the worst thing when you're starting to do that. Uh, like you can't start a group of friends that you guys always perform together. It's like where, where um, I've seen this a ton time, like where... Um, Somebody will start there. I, I done also the mistake, like started and uh, later I kind of branched out. Um, where you got, um, like you pick like four, four, five of your friends. You guys start like an open mic, and you start a room. Um, the room always start really great, like you know, um, open mic and people. The first week, people jam packed. And you play, you and your friends, you play jokes there, and everybody laughing, oh, this is good, and you, and you can, it might be like a, uh, once a week uh, open mic, it might be once a month, and then with your friend, they did the second show, the second show is also packed, by the third show, people start, you know, slowing down, like you used to have a packed room, and people start disappearing, and you keep wondering why people are disappearing, not coming anymore. You know? you're wondering like oh maybe we need to promote more like mm-hmm. pushing people like hey um you know promote on your facebook you gotta be like you know which it doesn't really work like a lot of people miss it because you like because of this group that you started because every time you do open mic you have the same kind of friends who are doing a freaking open mic telling the same jokes like they never change those jokes because they are trying to keep trying to make those sure to make sure like those joke works, so they keep trying to make those jokes. Um, maybe last week they they added something to the joke, same joke, but they just added one thing, and that's the thing kills the room because 
Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, you got a you got a room of friends who keep doing the same material over and over, and people get tired of it. You get some fans that they be like, "Hey, they already know your whole routine," and now you're stuck with the same group of friends. And I mean, sometimes it's weird. I mean, it's it's cool to to find people that you like, but maybe rotate. The good thing is maybe to rotate. Like maybe one one this week, one of your friend host. And they perform whatever, and then the next show, one of the other friend hosts, but not to keep putting the same friends back and back on rotation. I mean, I can understand that, like everybody want to do the, the rotation because it's like, hey, it's our room, so we got to perform as much as possible. But at the same time, you're killing that room. You cannot perform, um, like there's no way you can perform the same material over and over in the same area. You got, unless you're traveling. A lot of, of course, you've seen like a lot of comedians. They would, they would, they would do like a special, and and then they're traveling. Like these are really comedian. They are travel because they can, they can do the same material because they are traveling in different city. They can do material in D.C. They go to Boston. They do the same material. They go to New York. They do the same material because they are showing that material to people who have not seen it. You know, but if the same, even the same famous comedian uh, was doing. Uh, the same joking one. People get tired. They start, you know, slowing. They don't want to go. Oh, we've seen some comedian who uh, became famous, but they keep uh, they keep doing same material every year. They come in the same city, like they were here this year, and they this this material, and they come back next year. They are doing the same material. They start losing their their fan base. So people are like, yeah, he's not. He keep telling the same joke he told last year. You know. So you gotta be creative. As a, to become a comedian, you gotta be creative. You gotta write new material, and you gotta rotate. If you got an open mic, you gotta rotate. Unless you have you have writers like uh, for sure, like Jimmy Fallon or uh, Trevor Noah. Yeah, of course you're gonna have new material every day because you have writers who are writing for you. But as a new comedian, I mean, you can write jokes. It's it's to be really creative. I don't know. Maybe my process is weird. But I have seen that um, I prefer to write stuff that come to me. Like when it, when it's funny, they come to me. Then I was like, oh, shoot, I got to write this. This is funny. But when I force myself to like sit down, I'm like, oh, I got to write this. And I'm writing, I'm writing for two hours. That shit always flop. It become like unfunny. I like things that come to me. I'm like, oh, shit, that was funny. You know. Then I write it down. And then maybe I can add up to it, like kind of add up. But I'm just sitting down and writing the whole thing. Uh, I don't know. You end up forcing some stuff because you want to keep writing. You're forcing them to try to be, to be, to be funny. No, this is gonna be funny. But no, it's like you forced it to, you know. I mean, some some other way you can write. If you have an idea, you can maybe jot the the idea just down. Not to write the whole thing. Just write the idea. Like oh. Uh, <laughs> I saw, uh, you know, a guy almost hit by a metro bus. You can leave it there. And maybe you can take a letter from there and kind of figure to make, to put up some hard up stuff. And the other thing for, like, um, like when, when you're starting with this, um, like, as a, like if you're starting a comedian, also travel, like, go different cities. Like, go, like, let's say you're in New York, go to, 
uh, go to DC, find some open mic in DC, spend twenty dollar in, in Greyhound or Mega Bus, jump in a bus, go do open mic and turn around, go back again, or find some friends that you can sleep there. If you have enough money, you can find like a uh, Airbnb. You spend forty dollar to stay at somebody's room. But at least you did some open mic in DC. Like try other market because the problem is like you don't want to be only a funny guy in New York. And all your jokes, every time you're telling your jokes, all of them, the jokes there about the city in New York. You travel to Oklahoma and nobody knows what the heck you're talking about. You know? Because all the jokes is, is about the, the subway in New York. All the homeless in New York. Like some other people, like, yeah, we don't have that kind of homeless you're talking about. Like, they don't understand what you're talking about. The Hudson River. All your jokes is about Hudson River. Nobody knows. Um, and also, um, I studying, um, yeah, oh, like, like, like I was talking, talking about this thing about <laughs> being funny in one city, like telling almost like inside jokes, you become only the funny guy in one city. Like I seen, I seen, oh, I hear some people like, they've been like, I've been a comedian for 20 years, but they never been anywhere. I mean, they got booked a couple gig here and there because the people, maybe some people, they know them like maybe com other comedian booked them. They're like, hey, can you do this gig for me? Like they they they, they get booked by comedian, but they don't. They are not known by any promoter because promoter don't know who they are, and they're being in the game for over twenty years. Like you've been doing twenty years, and you're still getting paid three hundred dollar for the same gig to, to do one hour and a half. Like you need to kill yourself. <laughs> like get out of the fucking game. You like you know why? Twenty years. Like, if I'm going to be doing this 20 years and I'm still getting paid $300, I don't need to do it. You can't blame me. I'm doing this for love. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can do for love, but not for $300. 20 years. And then you become bitter because, like, you see new people that are coming, who new people who are smart. They know how to, to do their stuff and, and take the business side of it. You're still getting paid, you know, the $300. They're going over there. They're making $10,000 per show and parking houses. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. You start finding some excuses, blaming other people instead of blaming yourself for your shortcoming. <laughs> Step up your game. <laughs> I've seen so many people like that. And, and the other thing about the... Um, this about, like, when you have a room, you will have a lot of fake friends. You know, you're going to have a lot of fake friends, like, where uh, they will smile to you. Like, they'll be friends to you because they want to get, the, like, stage time. A lot of fake people, like, they want to try to get stage time. They pretend to be your best friend. But if the same person was asked by a person next to them, like, yo, uh, uh, how do you like the host? How do you know? Like, they don't know anything about you. They just pretending to be nice to you because they want to stage time, like a bunch of fake people. They and they hop on everybody. They be like they hop on this mic. They hop on this mic. They pretend to be their really close friend, and they always give you uh, the fake. Um, um, what do you call like like the praising the fake praising thing? Oh yeah, man! Like in your face, like oh man, you the awesome guy. Just to be like, oh yeah, man. But by the way, I have a show. Do you want to get on? But I can't fucking say anything nice about you if they were asked to be. If you're not there, 
because it's a bunch of fake people. Yeah. Um. The other thing is about getting a room. Like when you get a room, like to do open mics or to do like a show show, always negotiate good. Like don't go. Like there's a lot of time like comedian going there desperate and negotiate a shitty deal. Like most of the room that most of the room that I have hosted uh, open mics, I always went in there. I'm like, hey, I want to do a comedy show here. I can bring people in your establishment. But for me to do that, I want you to give me like at least maybe a hundred dollar plus free beers for the comedians who are performing. Like I want my comedian to get paid. Like a, I mean, like for uh, drink, drinks, not really necessary money, but drinks because I'm bringing a bunch of new comedians. So I'm gonna be like, hey, at least give them one beer or like five dollar, and I will schedule like, like maybe four or five comedians. And those comedians, they help to promote, and we do it, and we bring people, and that's how you negotiate a room. You don't go in there and be like, hey, uh. Um, I'm going to bring people in the establishment uh, for free. You know, you don't have to pay me anything. Oh, you want me to pay you 50? And then you end up, you're doing open mic, but you end up guaranteeing them. Like, oh, if I bring people, uh, I can guarantee $500 for people to drink. But like, And then you're forcing comedian be like, hey, if you come here, you're going to have to pay one drink to get stage time. Because you, tr you negotiated a shitty deal. <laughs> so... Like the, the place, they they need you to bring people. You don't need them to kind of like you know. They need you to bring people. Like you, you like almost like they're marketing person. So you bring in them people, so they can provide the best services, so people can keep coming to that place. And that's the problem. Like a lot of new comedians always fuck up places, and then they go in there. Like I was saying, they go in there. In the new room, the owner of the restaurant or bar, they're like, oh, yeah, you can do comedy here. And then they, they go in there and host some shitty party, like I was saying. It's like a, they rotate a bunch of their own friends, keep keep uh, doing all jokes, all jokes, and people get tired, and then people disappear. And then when you go, uh, a good comedian who you know how to promote a show, you go be like, hey, uh, I want to do a comedy. And the owner is like, oh, no, we, we done that. It didn't work. Be like... Yeah, probably because you allowed some shitty people to do it. That's why it didn't work. <laughs> Let me try to do it. And, you know. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, and then also you got people who rush to Los Angeles. As soon as they get, you know, the comedian, as soon as they get some little PR, they rush to Los Angeles. I mean, if you live if you live in the um, East Coast, like let's say you live in Baltimore, uh, Philadelphia, D.C., or New York, or other area around like Connecticut, Boston, just because you got one airtime with Conan, that's not the reason to rush to New York. Like, I mean, to rush to Los Angeles. Like, Los Angeles has like everybody who's trying to make an industry. So it's like you have people who've been in a game for over twenty years. They are still trying to do and they, you know, trying to get into movie, trying to write some stuff, and and all their movie parts they have got is a bunch of. <laughs> I should not laugh, but it's a bunch of this uh, extra part. Like every time there's a movie, it's like yeah, we we hiring some extra. 
they make some extra. They don't. We don't even see them in extra because they were like really extra. <laughs> what they were not giving even like a sh like a camera shine part, you know. So for a new comedian, just because you just being on conning for like five minutes to rush into Los Angeles thinking you made it, that's suicidal because it's like going to a job. You're a new guy, and then. Very new guy, you don't know any much about the company. As soon as you get in there, the company promote you to supervisor, and you you entourage the people who are behind, like people who work for you. They want they've been with the company for over, they've been with the company for over twenty years. You you feel what I'm saying? That's gonna be hate. People gonna hate you because like you know what you bring is like they're like, hey, we've been here for twenty years, and we did not get promoted. Sorry, I don't know why I left my phone on. <laughs> yeah so you always I don't know don't rush to Los Angeles my suggestion build up stay here like wherever okay maybe move to New York it's close a build up there play in New York um, travel around do like a small tour maybe get a few of your friends there are a lot of stuff you can use to promote use Groupon um, living social to promote to help you promote to go to a different city uh, a lot of comedy show comedy clubs they allow uh, they have all nights like let's say if you call some comedy club in in Philadelphia or Boston you'd be like hey guys um, it's me and three of my friends who would like to do a show there maybe on a, on a Tuesday night or Wednesday night most of the comedy club in like around the country they are looking for stuff to fill in they will let you do that the pay is not been gonna be good. They might you might split the pay. Like do you tell them you keep seventy five percent, they keep, you know, the twenty five, whatever. You know, yeah. I think anyway, that's my suggestion. There are so much stuff we can talk about this become how becoming a comedian and and a lot of stuff that goes in. Well hopefully you can you, you find something like a um from whatever I said, probably it can help you. Uh in your comedy traveling life or whatever. Hopefully you picked up at least once out of this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so now let's talk about my my man, Bill Cosby. I say the dude, um, I loved Bill Cosby like from with the whole thing like going on now is crazy. But I loved him from the time when I came to America. Like, when I came to America, I used to watch his show. Like, uh, it's like I almost learned English watching his show. <laughs> Dr. Huxtable. <laughs> I watched him. It was, it was awesome learning, you know, a lot of stuff watching his show. And then I had a chance. The first time I met him, uh, I had a chance to, to work with him. And the first time I met him, it was actually at the... Uh, at a private airline in Washington D.C., like Washington D.C., Dallas, and he f he used to fly at this like uh, private airline all the time, like very cool guy, very soft spoken. Like he would come like uh, it, one time. Like remember the first time, <laughs> it's like nobody like he would come like hang out for a few seconds and then jump in the plane. He and then like remember one time. Like I, I introduced myself or whatever, but and then, anyway, um, few trips he did few trip and one time I remember he came. As uh, soon he come walked in inside the uh, 
the facility uh, before he goes to the to the plane. He's like, "Hey, Edward," he called my name. I was like, "Oh yeah, he called. He remembers my name. <laughs> he remembers my name." I was excited because he called my name. I was like, "Wow, Mr. Cosby remembered my name." It's like a dream come true. But it's at the same time I'm scared telling him like, "Hey, Mr. Cosby, by the way, I'm a comedian." <laughs> It's always, I always have this awkward moment, like, because, like, not, like, meeting a famous person who is a comedian. I've done that a couple of times, like, um, like, like, I was doing, like, about, like, I was, I met also, like, what, um, Jamie Foxx, we were, we were, like, hanging out for, like, he was promoting his DVD, his CD. First time when he did his first CD, um, promoting also, like, uh, and I was with him for, like, maybe about four or five hours. And I was like, in my head, I keep saying, should I tell him I'm a comedian? <laughs> but it's like, it's a weird moment. I was like, yeah, never mind. Just hang out. So Bill Cosby was like, hey, Edward, is there like any Starbucks around here? I was like, yes, Mr. Cosby. <laughs> he gave me $20. And and uh, Raj, the, the Starbucks was like maybe about five, five uh, miles away. So... I rushed to get the Starbucks. Um, maybe not five, yeah, like maybe three miles. I rushed to go to get the Starbucks. And uh, by the time I came back, <laughs> he already taken off. He left with his um, private plan. I was like, oh, okay. Then I was just stuck with the Starbucks plus his change. I still, <laughs> I still have his change. I never gave him his change. Hopefully, he doesn't remember me one day. Be like, hey, man, give me my change back. But anyway. He doesn't remember because after that, I'm, I, I saw him also a couple of times again. Um, but anyway, he he was big, like a big influence for me from learning, watching his TV show. First, the funny thing is like when I was watching his show, um, Dr. Huxtable, I didn't even know he was a comedian. I just, showed, I just saw the show like, wow, this is a funny show. I didn't know anything about comedy, comedian, whatever. I was like, what is this comedy stuff? So... Until I started watching like BT and HBO and like Def Jam and all that stuff, um, yeah. So when when he was um, when this allegation like they came out like they are talking about like oh uh, he raped women and all that stuff, it was really heartbroken because I'm like wow, it might, like there's so much question like why like why would he do that? I'm thinking like. Like back then, like in, in the eighty or ninety, whatever, he was a big deal. Like women were f like flocking, like throwing at his feet. Probably like any women wanted to sleep with him. Like why would he drag them to sleep with him? It's like, like he's not that. Like he's not like an ugly man. He's not like a was. I mean, he's old now, but he's not like he was an ugly man. Like where, like you know, he had to pay women or drag women to have sex with him. I'm like, why? If he was so famous. He got all this money, and women want to be with him. Why would he put drag in this woman? He has to be a sickest person to to do shit like that. Like I'm like, what's wrong with Mister Beats? Come, come on, Cosby. But again, like I've been, I, I start asking myself because a lot of time now, um, the way they do is like, as soon as a woman come out and say, "Hey, I was raped," and everybody just want to believe from straight there like they don't want to ask the question because you i'm not sure this is like a movement of feminism like it's like it started it was great it was a great actually um 
cause. I mean, it was a great um, uh, organization, but sometimes it feels like it's bullying. Like where, if you want to ask the question, is like you get bullied in the corner. Um, people boycott you and all that stuff because you ask the right question. Like I want to ask, like I want to ask questions. Like why would Bill Cosby drag them if you a lot of women were? Like, why would he drag a lot of people if a lot of women wanted to be with him for free? And who goes at 3 in the morning to a man's room thinking, oh, we're just going to talk? Like, you're looking for something is wrong with your head. Like, And then I, I start thinking, like, these women they, who are surrounded by, like, who are, who like to hang around these uh, celebrities, this we call them in the industry groupies. And groupies are worse than a stripper because groupies can do anything to either get in a in a uh, in a VIP room or to just hang around the famous person, like I, I'm not saying that he didn't do it, or he did, but I wanted to explain also the side of groupies, like the the thing that I seen. So it's like I'm, that's why I want to ask more questions because the shit that I seen women can do sometimes, not women, it's groupies, because this groupie are not like oh. Uh, these are the, the lawyer or whatever. Now, like before, like I know now they are old. The women who are claiming they got dragged by him, they are old now because probably that they said they it got to that age, the reality hit them like, oh shit, I need to get a real job. This groupie thing is not working. I'm too old. But I'm telling you, I guarantee if you ask those women, you say, hey, how many celebrity have you hung out with? They're going to mention more than probably 10. Because that's what they used to do. It's their job is to hang around famous people. Groupies. And we all we gonna be like, oh, these women, they're like a boom, boom, you know, Michelle Obama. They are not, they're not they're not the same quality kind of women. The groupies. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, I, this is the truth. Everybody be oh, we all like <laughs> there's level to this. There's some women who are wifey material, good quality. And just some women who are just a bunch of groupie, epidemical gold digger, like my man Bill Bill Burr says, bunch of gold diggers. You know, like I give you an example. Um, I did. Uh, I was a transportation manager for a few musicians. I can't say their name because the stuff that went on, and like I, I was a uh, transportation manager for like five years, and I would travel with the musicians, and I traveled with five different musicians. Like all over nationwide, like I would jump in, fly, like all over the place, and I seen some. I not. I, I don't want to blame. I don't want to say. Yeah, I slept with some groupies too. Because here's the thing: I slept with some groupies because they wanted to hang out with the musician. I'm like, and I'm. Some of them I started like a joke, and I was like, "Wow, it's happening!" And I'm like, "Yo, uh, can we hang out?" With you? I'm like, "Where? Well, you know what? Yes, you can, but there's nobody gonna hang out with him unless I get a blowjob." <laughs> they they did like they, I'm like I thought it was a joke for me it was a, and they did they gave me a BJ just because they want to hang out with the musician you see what I'm saying I seen two friends fight two friends that they came together they are friends we best friends <laughs> they are fighting who should sleep with the musician first they are pulling each other hair like who should sleep with the musician first. I seen women go like they see another woman coming out of the musician room, and another woman will go in there happy too and have sex with the musician again. I seen a woman. <laughs> this is the funny part. I saw this musician until now. He's still my friend. We'll laugh. I seen him. A woman. She gave him a, a, a BJ, 
and she had her sperm, she had the sperm in her mouth. She did not want to spit. And he keep fighting her, like he trying to tell her to spit because he did not want her to live with us with his sperm. I don't know what the heck she was. She did not want to swallow or spit. She she just wanted to live with that sperm, maybe put in a bag or whatever they do. That, <laughs> I still remember that shit. It's so gross. It's so funny. But that's the shit I seen. So that's why when I hear people like accusing me of Cosby, I wanna I wanna hear this story. I wanna ask like questions, like more question about these women claiming to you know to be read by Big Cosby. I wanna know like exactly step by step. Walk us step by step. Don't just be like, oh wow, Bill Cosby. We don't wanna just accuse Bill Cosby without asking the real question. Of course, probably there were drug involved. When you go to a party. There are some party people are, you know, doing drinking, probably some drug involved. Of course, they that's how they parted in the 80s, you know. But now to just be like, oh, yeah, he used drug. No, everybody was fucking using drug. Let's got still, I mean, let's just, let's do the probable cause. Like, let's ask the questions. Anyway, <laughs> there's so much stuff. Probably some people might hate about this, but uh, hopefully... Give it a chance. Ask a question. Why? And that's all. All right. Thank you so much. That's it. Listen again soon. All right.